0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Wa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, wa wa Sallam. We continue the class on Hajj, the points of benefit and rituals and rulings. Uh, and tonight's class is Babul Ihram, chapter on Ihram. Al Ihram means niyatun Nusuk, the intention to enter the ritual. This is the meaning of Ihram, Niyatun Nusuk. The intention of entering the ritual, and it is derived from a tahrim, and the meaning ahrama means dahala fil haram, into that which is prohibited. That's why it is said concerning takbiratul ihram in salah. Upon that. it becomes prohibited for him to do what is prohibited to do in Salah in Hajj it means niyyatun nusuk, the intention to enter the state of Ihram or to assume the Ihram the person enters through this intention into the ritual and therefore it becomes prohibited upon himself to do that which was permissible for him to do before entering this state, so it becomes therefore forbidden upon him to have sexual advances towards his wife for example, and to put on perfumes, shaving the head, or game hunting and so forth, which we will talk about later. It's a sunnah for the one intending to enter the state of ihram to perform ghusl, to perform ghusl, taking a bath, because this is affirmed from the Prophet ﷺ by way of action and by way of command. in his action he took off his clothes for before entering the state of or before assuming the ihram and he took a ghusl or made a ghusl took a bath in his command this is clear in the hadith of Asma' bint Umays in the hadith of Asma' bint Umays, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when she gave birth to her uh, son Muhammad bin Abi Bakr, in Al-Hudaybiyah, so she entered a state of uh, postnatal bleeding, nifas, Postnatal bleeding, so she sent to the Messenger (sallallahu alayhi wasallam) as to what to do. He (sallallahu alayhi wasallam) told her, "غتسي لي واستدفري بثوبٍ وأحرمي. غتسي لي, make ghusl, and put a pad on the place." and when ghusl is generalized, then it resembles the ghusl from janaba, from sexual defilement. And if it is <coughs> not possible to have water or if using the water due to illness and the like can cause harm to the person then one opinion is to make tayammum instead of ghusl but this is not the correct opinion the correct opinion since this is a matter praiseworthy to take the ghusl if there is no water then there is no need for tayammum for that state. Also, there is no report to indicate that the Prophet ﷺ made tayammum for ihram. So therefore, according to the correct opinion, and this is the opinion of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, if water is present and the person is able to use it then he goes by that and if not and there is no tayammum according to this opinion also the person cleans himself from certain things like the pubic hair trims the mustache and the like if these if the hair and the pubic hair and the armpit hair were not long during the time assuming the ihram and the person does not fear that they will become long during the ihram then there is no need to clean them in this case meaning shaving the, the pubic hair or trimming the mustache, or taking the hair under the arms. Also, it is a sunnah to put, to put on perfume when assuming the ihram Aisha may Allah be pleased with her and her father said kuntu atayyibun nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam li ihramihi Kabla an yuhrim wa li hillihi an bil bayt I used to send Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he wanted to assume Ihram and also on finishing Ihram before circulating around the Kaaba this is in Al-Bukhari volume 2 Hadith number 612 in Sayyid Bukhari also it is reported in Sayyid Muslim and. Perfume or scenting is recommendable at all times. It is like the siwak, because the Prophet said in the hadith which is reported by Nasai and authenticated by a Sheikh Al Bani رحمه الله: "حبب إلي من دنياكم النساء والطيب وجعلت قرة عيل في الصلاة." From this life of yours, woman and perfume had been made beloved to me, and my comfort is in salah. And my comfort has been made to be in salah. This is reported by Nisai, as I said, and authenticated by al-Shaykh al-Albani. What is intended by scenting and perfuming here is perfuming the body. Because the Prophet ﷺ used to scent his head and his beard upon assuming the ihram, and Aisha رضي الله تعالى عنها said, كأني أنظر إلى وبيص المسك في مفارق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو محرم, as if I were now observing the glitter of descent in the parting of the hair of the Prophet while he was muhrim this is in Al-Bukhari and Muslim and in Bukhari it's in volume 2, hadith number 611 so the point of evidence here is that she said as if I were now observing the glitter of descent As far as perfuming the soap, the garment, this is disliked. Whether it's done by oil scents or other than that, and it is not permissible to put on such a garment if it is scented because the Prophet ﷺ said لا ثوبا ثَوْبًا مَسَّهُ الزَّعْفَرَانُ وَلَا الْوَرَسُ don't put on a garment that was scented with saffron or waras, which is a kind of perfume And this is the correct opinion. (coughs) Case If the person puts on perfume on his body, so he puts the perfume on his head and his beard, for example then it drips from that place down on his body. Would this have any effect? The answer, no. Because the movement of the perfume was not done by him he did not intend so and the apparent from the Prophet and his companions is that they didn't mind if the perfume would drip because initially they put it in a place where it was permissible to put on. What about if the person intended to make wudu and if he perfumed his head? if he perfumes his head then when he wants to do the wudu he is going to wipe over his head with his hands and therefore some of the perfume may remain on his hands should we tell him to go and put a gloves and for example your hands when you wipe your head during wudu the answer is no. This is rulu. This would be rulu excessiveness in the Deen. So therefore he goes and wipes his head with his hands, even if some of the perfume would remain. This is forgiven because the person did not initiate the perfuming by putting it on his hands Then he puts on the Izar, the lower garment, and the upper sheet on his upper part of the body. And it is recommendable that these the these the Izar and the upper sheets be white in colour because the white colour is the best for the clothes. and it is good that these garments is that they should be clean this is better because the companions when they asked the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam When they asked him about the person who likes to have his clothes and his slippers good, beautiful. He sallallahu wasallam said In the Allah Hajamirun Yuhibul Jamal Allah is beautiful and he loves beauty question is there a particular salah for ihram One opinion is that it is a sunnah for the one who intends to assume the ihram, to do that, to enter the state of the ihram following two Rakas following two Rakas. And the evidence cited is that the Prophet Wasallam assumed ihram after finishing from salah, as reported in Sahih Muslim from the hadith of Jabir, the lengthy hadith describing the Prophet Wasallam's hajj. However, this evidence. Taken for this opinion does not specify that the Salah is specific for the Ahram or that it is a Sunnah Salah. Rather, he وسلم, assumed the Ahram following a fard. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah went to the opinion that having two raka'ah before the ihram specific for that is or does or is or I'm sorry have has no basis in Sharia. Has no basis in Sharia. And that ليس ihrami salatun تَخُصُّهُ there is no particular salah for Ihram. However, if the person was at the time of Salat al Duha, then he may pray the Duha and assume the Ihram afterwards. And if he was during the salah or yes, during the time of Duhur, Salat al Duhur, we say it's better that you hold until you finish Salat al-Duhur, then assume the Ihram after the Salah, and similarly with respect to Salat al-Asr. However, to say that a particular recommended Salah for Ihram, there is no evidence from the Prophet ﷺ for that. So if the person intends to stay in the miqat place until the time of faridah commences, then it is better that he assumes the ihram after the farida. Now, niyatun nusuk, the intention to enter the ritual, is a condition it's inevitable that the person intends to enter the ritual. So, mere utterance of the talbiyah, mere utterance of the talbiyah, without having the intention to enter the ritual, does not put the person in a state of ihram. And, if he puts on the clothes of ihram without having the intention to assume the state of ritual of ihram then in this case he is not considered a muhrim by mere putting of the clothes and the evidence is in the hadith of the Prophet, والسلام, Actions are dependent upon intentions. And Talbiya, Talbiya to say, Here, O oh Allah, I am responding. This may also occur in situations other than Hajj. We know that the Messenger. Whenever he saw something that he liked from this life from this dunya he sallallahu alaihi wa sallam said labbaik inna al-aish aish al-akhirah labbayt he made talbiyah oh wa Allah i am at the response Verily the true living is that of the hereafter. So if we see something that we like from this life palaces, cars, children, wives, so forth, then we say what the Prophet ﷺ said. La Baybyt, this is responding to Allah, جل, lest the person be inclined to this worldly life then says truly the, the living the true living is that of the hereafter it's not the one I see now in front of me also it is wrong for the person to say Allahumma inni ureidu nusuka kada kada." O oh Allah, I intend to do such and such ritual. For someone to say this is praiseworthy requires dalil, requires evidence. And there is no delil, evidence for that. And the messenger وسلم, did not say in any of his umrahs nor in the hajj he did, Allahumma inni ureedul umrah, or Allah I want to do the umrah, or I intend to do the umrah, or Allahumma inni ureedul hajj, or Allah I intend to do the hajj. And we know that worships are based upon following. So if the Messenger, وسلم, the one who performed four umrahs, and one hajj, and did not say this, and he did not recommend it. Therefore, we cannot say that this is praiseworthy. <coughs> and the correct position, therefore, regarding this matter, the utterance of such a words, of these words, is like someone who utters, اللهم إني أرئيد أن أصلي فيسر li salah, Like the one who utters before salah. O oh Allah I intend to make Salatul Dhuhr and such and such so make it easy for me and if he makes Wudu' he will say O oh Allah I intend to make Wudu' so make it easy for me all of this, this is an innovation all these are innovations similarly in the ritual one should not say that On the other hand, if someone fears something may occur in Hajj that would prevent him from completing the Hajj, then he may make the following conditional statement. Say, as the Prophet ﷺ directed Buba'a bint Zubayr, may Allah be pleased with her, who intended to perform Hajj, but she was not feeling well health wise. He directed her to say, Allahumma oh mahilli Haythu Habastani. O Allah, my place is wherever you hold me up. So this is general, comprises anyone who may be afraid of something, or otherwise, meaning anyone who may fear an obstacle that would prevent him from completing the hajj like an illness or losing the nafaqah, the expenses for hajj he needs the finances or fearing for his something for his mount or fearing for himself and the like This is a sunnah to make for anyone who fears an obstacle that stands as a barrier between him and between completing the ritual. And if he fears not, then the sunnah is not to make it. And this is the correct opinion. The benefits of saying this, for the one who feels an obstacle, is that if the obstacle existed, or comes to exist, then he may leave his ihram without expiating, without expiating Because, as Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala stated in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter two, chapter two, verse one ninety six, وَأَتِمُ الْحَجَّ وَالْعُمْرَةَ لِلَّهِ فَإِنْ فَمَسْتَيْصَرَ perform properly the Hajj and Umrah for Allah but if you are prevented from completing them, sacrifice a hadith and offer it so this is for the person who may be prevented from completing them but if the person conditions this at the time of Ihram makes the condition which we mentioned earlier, if he feels an obstacle, then he will be relieved from the offering of the sacrifice. Question Would this apply for a pregnant woman who may fear going into postnatal bleeding, or a woman in a pure ritual state fearing to go in menses? The answer without any doubt, yes, because if the woman goes into the state of postnatal bleeding, then she would not be able to complete the ritual. And we know that normally the postnatal bleeding is lengthy. Similarly, the menstruating woman as well. If her company would not stay with her until she becomes pure, then that also will be something she can do, meaning she can condition. So if she expects the menses to take place, then she can make the condition. (laughs) <laughs> this is from the ease of sharia this brings the end of this discussion for this topic and inshallah ta'ala we continue for the rest tomorrow walhamdulillah <laughs> rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyya muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam